Welcome, everybody, to another week of Golden Conversations. I'm your host, David Gold, and today I'm with the man who's put up a 100-point Madden game on me, the, well, the hardest-working man I know, the ultimate team player, my captain, Mr. Joseph Saglin-Betty. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. What's going on? What have you been up to during this quarantine, coming home from school and all? Uh, well, I left my Xbox at school, so I've been playing Wii and PS3. So Some NCAA 14? Uh, 11, actually, yeah. Tim Tebow with the spread offense, unbeatable. Hey, I've been playing with Penn State. I did like a dynasty mode. You and Coach Doug's just running the town? <laughs> yeah, yeah, those old games are so much fun. Are you a Wii sport person? Who isn't? <laughs> I'm telling you, Wii baseball used to be my game back in the day. No one <laughs> yeah, could beat I me. played so much Wii baseball. I, could, I sucked at Wii golf, though. Horrendous at it. I played a lot of Wii tennis and Wii bowling. Wii bowl. You've definitely bowled a 300 before in Wii bowling. I have not, sadly. My grandparents were, like, always insane at bowling. <laughs> On the Wii or in real life? On the Wii. Well, yeah. Grandparents, for some reason, love Wii bowling. Like, my grandma <laughs> used to wait to come over to my house to play Wii bowling. It makes zero sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but they're, like, all so good at it. <laughs> I think they grew up on bowling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, what does school look like? I mean, you just finished the other day, but what had yeah. it look like? Um, so most, I just have like online lectures. For my English class, he teaches like a different section all online. So that was like the only class where it was like a smooth transition. But then all the other teachers tried to like just cut and paste the, um, the class just like online. And it just did not work out well for a lot of them. But I, I did well in my classes. And I have the pass-fail option in them all. So so didn't actually matter for you. But did you, did you find that better, having that option to go pass-fail? Or would you have rather them said, no, you have to keep your grades? Well, I, I, like, I like the option better because it, like, it hind online hinders the learning. Like, it's, like, not a secret. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have the option for every class. So I'm keeping like the ones that are like above my GPA and then I'm going to switch the ones that are below, which mm -hmm. is kind of nice for like math and physics where I can just <laughs> not have it count towards my GPA. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, physics is easily one of the hardest classes ever. Yeah. Did you take AP physics in Byram? Yeah, I did. But With I, Savino or, yeah, or Savino. Beacon? Savino. He's the man. Savino is the man. I love him. <laughs> He, he actually emailed me the other day telling me he's listened to the podcast before. I was like, thanks, Savino. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Savino, um, what's up? But what has been like the biggest transition from you going from high school to now Penn State, going from a small high school like Byram all the way to a giant school that is Penn State? Uh, well, there's a lot of school spirit at Penn State. I'm like a big school, like an absurd amount. Like, I mean, I, I like – I would like go to basketball games and stuff. And I guess like I never really got the chance to like go to football games since I was like playing in them and stuff. But like, it's just a totally different environment. You know, was, like, I'm assuming whiteout was probably one of the coolest things you've ever been a part of. Yeah, absolutely insane. Like you can't hear yourself scream. <laughs> That's what it's like. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Joe participated in, I believe, a 24 hour dance marathon earlier this year. Uh, 46. 46 hold on what yeah. yeah did you have time off or was it just like you're yeah, going for four six hours straight i had um two six hour shifts off 
And the rest of the time, you're just in the Penn State arena getting it down. Yeah, yeah. For my frat, we like have like giant cutouts of our letters because um, it's mainly like a Greek life event. Although there are other organizations involved too. So since I'm new to the frat, I had to hold up the letters. And I just had to hold it like above my head. It's like four in the morning. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing you did all those cleans back in high school. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all that arm strength right there. Joe was definitely the hardest person in the weight room I've ever seen. You broke the school record for clean, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, started small freshman. My favorite Joe Sacklin Benny story ever is the story he told after, I believe, the Lakeland game as a freshman when, when Geese got back on the bus. That's probably my favorite Joe Sag story ever. Which one? The one where Geese got back on the bus after your JV game. It was like the one year you played JV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe, for me, took me under his wing when I was a freshman. Joe was the, only two, was the first two-year captain in the Carpenter era. So what was that like being named captain as a junior? Uh, well, it was pretty shocking at first. I didn't expect it at all. Um, but – and, like, at first, it was, like, a little weird with, like, the relationship with the kids that were older than me because there were, like, a lot of guys who I looked up to and, like, didn't get named captain. Like, John Adio, for example, like, I we played the same position on defense, so I worked a lot with him during, like, every practice. And uh, it was, like, kind of, like, a weird relationship at first between, like, me and the older guys. But I think, like, it just be, like, all the guys who weren't, captains they're still leaders on the team um even though they didn't have that title so everyone's like a leader in their own way and I think we just had to like find our roles mm -hmm. I mean what was it like trying to be that leader for guys who are older than you and maybe weren't so intrigued to listen to a kid younger than them uh well there were obviously those guys who like who were gonna try and like not listen to me just because they were like pissed off or whatever but I just tried to like lead by example you know, and, like, if someone's not going to, like, if I'm going to try and help someone and they're not going to take it, then I'm not going to force it. I'd rather take the time with someone else who wants the help or anything like that to, you know, because that's going to help me trying to help someone who doesn't want my help. Isn't gonna yeah, I definitely think with you, you are much more of a lead by example guy, mouthpiece in, flying around all the time. And I think that's what made your style so effective because you as a sophomore, you were, I think you were, you, you claim you were undersized back then, but look at me, you were probably big. But anyways, not the point. I was like height wise, I was fine, but uh, not weight wise. I was like, I mean, I was like one, I want to say like 160, but like for, my style of play where like as a receiver, I did like a lot of blocking and like, that was like a lot of the stuff I did. Um, I was like kind of undersized for what I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But he, I think you made all your money and all just flying around all the time, just outworking guys, especially when you weren't getting as many chances to play offense or defense on kickoff, kick return, just flying around. Yeah. I think that's what made you so special as a player and as a leader to me is, when I walked in that first day, Joe Sags was flying around and showing us all what to do. So what mm -hmm. was it like when our freshman class came in? We had 20. What was it like trying to take us under the wing? I mean, you're a huge vendor to myself, Steve, and a bunch of these other guys. What, what did you try to take? What did you try to teach us during those early days? Well, initially, there was, there was a lot of you, and I could, I could tell that you guys had some special guys. Um, and like almost like 
the the grade above you was uh they had good guys of course but they were less in numbers you know i think they had like from freshman year to senior year i think they had like what like six seven guys we had nine this year in total including four kids who came on this at the end of this year yeah exactly at this going into their senior year so it was different working with a lot of numbers because i hadn't um it's like different being a leader from more people than with less people you know like at if there's less guys you can just kind of have like each person try and be like a leader to one person and stuff like that but uh it's harder to form the relationships when there's more people so um i just tried to like set once again like lead by example because i think that's the best way you know like you see someone working hard you want to work hard like them you know and i think it's evident how working hard in the weight room translates to working hard in practice and then working hard in games because mm-hmm. you slack off in one you're more you're most likely going to slack off and off i mean i've never seen you either skip a workout shorten the shorten the set or anything you were just the kid who always did everything the correct way and i think that showed a lot when we when your freshman year the varsity was what one and eight two and seven one and eight yeah one and eight and by the time you left we were a winning we were a winning team fully changed the culture so what did you take from that experience of flipping a culture around to a place where when you left it the next year we were playing in the section final uh well i just there i wanted to sort of make it more of like a team effort because um my freshman year that team was phenomenal and honestly like i think even if you talk to the guys on the team i I was shocked and they were all shocked that they only ended up winning one game uh louis filippelli set the absolute one record i believe that's we we were if i remember this correctly we were the number one team in points scored but we were the number one team in points scored against too so yeah yeah like that i think we were scoring 40 but giving up 50 yeah so i i wanted to like play as a team more uh so i feel like that was like um something that i wanted to and play as a team in in the weight room over the summer and then into the season because there weren't a lot of guys in the weight room starting my freshman year like there were there were days where like me and like it'd be like me corelli jack kenny um maybe like one or two other guys and like not not really any, any of the older guys so as you know the weight room is a huge factor into football probably more so in football than in other sports so it's not something where you can just like step on the field and you know be ready to go you got it it's a whole many months work mm-hmm. i mean especially for me when you were in the weight room i was going in i was going into my sophomore year i guess so i was a small freshman at the beginning I think for me, it was more of like guys being in there and encouragement more than anything, especially for me, who's not a big guy, wasn't putting up big numbers. I think that little bit of encouragement definitely helps build the character in our program as we continue. So that's something I think you guys did really well. But like, I think some of the bonds you definitely created, like your Steven, Steven, who was a sophomore, Tommy G as a junior, how did those bonds get created when we are your mouthpiece is in. You're you're not a person who's chirping on the sideline, not really talking. You are locked in. Yeah, um, I feel like those kind of happen naturally because, especially how with Stephen, we play the same position. So it was simple stuff like I'm like, all right. I don't tell yourself short, Cyclone Ben. You have played every position minus line or QB. 
that is true yeah <laughs> um but uh with steven uh like if i was like critiquing his technique during a practice like it's little things like that that helped build it uh you know tommy g like uh during practices when tight ends were with linemen we worked together a lot um and it's just little things like that and then when you when you do that you want to hang out with the people more and you want to have that bond because when you're doing like a double team with someone like that you gotta be able to trust team, them that you're not going to get run over yeah that double team is going to be three times as effective if you have like an actual bond with the person that you're double teaming with and i think that's something that like doesn't necessarily make sense for people who might not play football, but like I think all football players can agree with me on that. Your freshman year was Saunders' final year as head coach, right? Yeah, yeah. So what was that transition like from Saunders to Carp? You and Carp had a very close relationship. I'm sure you had many of times sit down. What has Carp taught you now taking into your college experience? Uh, well, he was big on just giving it my all and everything. You know, like don't take any playoff, you know, whatever, whatever you're going to do, do it a hundred percent. Otherwise it's not worth doing. Uh, because that was, that was something that he, he emphasized the weight room a lot. And that's something that I tried to carry in and build into the program. And, um, that, that I think that's something that clearly has benefited the program. Uh, so it's little thing, do the little things correctly, because for example, if you, you, let's say you're like doing reps in the weight room and your form is a little off and it's like, all right, it's just a little off. I'm still getting the weight up. It doesn't matter. Then that stuff's going to carry over. You're studying for a test. It's like, oh, I don't know this little piece of information. It's not going to matter. And then at the end of the day, it is going to matter. Um, what, what was your favorite cart memory? Kind of like that, that teaching moment he gave you. Um, hmm see how I pick one uh I mean I'm sure when he named you captain he definitely gave you some sort of talk or something about what you were going into and how to deal with that yeah yeah we did talk about that a lot um I mean just how he, he always I'd say like during times of distress and when things weren't going well how he always believed in us you know, I don't think that there was a single second where he was like, okay, these guys can't do it or whatever. He always, you know, like I can't think of a single instance where he gave up like my sophomore year when in his first year as head coach, when we were down games that we were down a lot, you know, like he didn't stop coaching, you know, he wasn't like, all right, we're going to just sit on the ball and run out the game and go home. He always was like, all right, let's go. Let's do the best we can on this very play. And that, I think, is very showing of who he is. I mean, for you, definitely in your playing career, you've definitely faced a lot of adversity, whether it was tough seasons, injuries to teammates who you cared deeply about. How did you find that way to kind of lead us through that adversity? Well, uh, we kind of just had to, like, for injuries, for example, we just had to have the next man up every team and every group in life is going to go through some adversity. That's just a part of the journey. So you have to embrace it because obviously everything isn't going to go perfectly. So you have to be ready to take what's going to come and you have to be able to adjust on the fly because if you do that, then you'll be able to be successful. 
Um, I mean, for you, that, that same mentality going down to college, have you kind of adopted that same, like, I just always got to find a way through, fix on the fly, next man up mentality, just get it done somehow, it doesn't matter, do your job mentality? Yeah, yeah, like, if, like, your teacher's, like, being a pain in the ass or, you know, like, doesn't speak great English, just find a way, mm-hmm. you know, fight through it, make it happen, things like that. I mean, how how in touch are you with some of these guys? I know we talk quite often, you, mm-hmm. Steve, Tommy G. What about the seniors you graduate with? Have you have you guys been able to keep in touch throughout the whole, like, going your separate ways and all? Yeah, yeah. Like, me and Bataj, we talk. Me and Jack, we talk. Me and Crowley sometimes talk. Crowley's like, the man. I yeah. love Crowley. yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to keep in contact with people when you don't see them, mm-hmm. you know, every day. See them every day. Have you guys been able to get more back in touch now that you're all kind of back home? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still at this, like right now, it still kind of feels like we're all separated in a way still because uh, obviously the quarantine, you can't really see each other and hang out. But, you know, I, I feel like we still like have those bonds. I don't think those are ever going to go away. And yeah. Um, One thing that I was actually thinking about today with recruiting and all going through that process, you were definitely the kid who you still, I think you still do not as much eat, sleep and breathe Byron Hills football. You were always on the clock, whether it was in the weight room during the season, watching film. What was that transition kind of like from that? Like, all right, that phase of my life is now over. Like finding your person, finding yourself after football. Yeah, that was, that was, it's like a pretty rough transition because it's not something that you're eased out of. You're, it's kind of like one day you're all in and like you're in the season and the next day it's just all gone, you know, and like there's nothing that you can do to bring it back. So, and I think for you it was even weirder because we played those consolation games. So it was kind of like the, I get yeah. to do this one more time compared to for our seniors this year it was like the section final that cut off it it feels like it's kind of a weird ending with the consolation game. Yeah, it, it was, but I mean, that was something, those were games that I've played in for the past. Hey, you uh, went off, you went yeah. off that consolation game against Clarkstown North, <laughs> making one-handed snags out here. Yeah. Had a game of your life. <laughs> I, I could have played better that game. I, I'm not going to lie. I remember who plays that and plays so well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what makes you so great. You were never satisfied with a, a good played very well I in my opinion but you were always trying to get that little one percent better yeah yeah I mean I don't think that you can look at any football game and like point out this player and be like okay he played a perfect game you know like there's, there's no such always, thing yeah there's always something to improve on and if you feel like you played a perfect game then, you, then it's time for you to hang it up yeah but back to the question before with that transition did it take how did you think when you got to college, it was kind of now you were like that peace of mind that like, all right, it's a new phase in my life kind of thing? Like, yes, yeah, sort of. And it was, it's, it's different. Like, uh, so I tried to watch, I tried to follow the games. Um, I was able to come back from one of the games. Um, unfortunately, I don't think any of the games were on local live. Uh, I was hoping that title. the games yeah. at, um, like Fox Lane and Greeley. Mm-hmm would be played on local live. But when I reached out to Devaney Jr., he said that they weren't. So I was pretty upset about that. But I was like always following it on Twitter. And I was like, 
always trying to like stay in the loop and stuff about like what was going on. So it's, it's different because you're seeing, you get, you see like guys who like guys that I kind of like helped like mentor and shape and stuff, like taking their role as the leader and it's their time. And it's, it's, it's good to see. It's exciting to see because you know, at the same time you're like, damn, I want to be out there with these guys again. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be out there, but at the same time, you know, like they worked for it and they, they deserve it. So, you know, it's like, it it hurts because like you want to like play, you don't ever want to give it up, but you know, like it was feel like a proud dad a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could, I mean, for me, just your mentorship has created kind of who I am and half why I fell in love with the game. I just remember you the first day of my freshman year of doubles, we did mentors like freshman, senior mentors. We had one more freshman than there were men than there were seniors. So you came in there and you took this little five two one fifteen kid under your wing the next night, beat him a hundred to eight in Madden. And then from then on in, you showed <laughs> me the way. Is there yeah. something you want to tell as I go into the senior year, something you would definitely want me to keep in the back of my mind as I go in? Um, remember that like, this is going to be your last ride, you know, at least I I know that you're looking to play in college. Uh, but from what I've heard college, you know, like this is your last ride. I've been playing with these kids for 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah. So remember that like when like you're sore and you're tired and it's like, conditioning during practice like the stuff that oh, those good worst. old fallow gassers yeah the stuff that seemed the worst at the time is like the stuff i missed the most you know like mm-hmm. whenever when we were going like our through our fastball script and it's just like so exhausting just sprinting back up to the light and you can never do it fast enough you know like i i miss doing that <laughs> it's like the joe that- joe loved good old-fashioned perfect touch oh <laughs> yeah you wouldn't want to mess up in Joe's line. You get the death stare. <laughs> We've all gotten that look before. Um, no, but if you could go back, I know this is a weird question, but if you could go back to your entire high school career and do one thing over, not like a specific moment, but maybe change one thing, what would you change? Um, I don't know. I'd say that I do more uh, stuff during the off season. You know, like I tried to, I try to get on the field more and uh, run more routes and catch more passes. You were a mean blocker, my friend. <laughs> Bully kids back there. I mean, that's got to be – there's probably no more satisfying feeling than taking a man and moving him against his own will. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, for you now looking back with – us now being that senior class that you kind of just took under the wing is it kind of now it's like bittersweet that like these are these these are pretty much what the last kid that you really got to really shape in the way this program you wanted to see it be yeah really is I I didn't really have a relation a strong relationship with any of the freshmen really uh from when I was a senior so I like I talked to them during practices and stuff like that but I didn't uh have the opportunity to form like a really strong bond with them because during a lot of the practices they would go and they would do their own thing which was good for them because they need to they needed to develop as a team just as we were developing as a team so this uh grade your grade was kind of like the last group of guys that I can like point out like a lot I can point out like a lot of guidance say yeah I have a really strong relationship with him 
and it's something that I really value. I mean, you, Steve, Tommy G have had many of McDonald's runs. Yes. <laughs> McDonald's gang, the tight end gang with Steve, the outside backer gang. I think, I think you've probably had the biggest impact on this program that anyone could have had during this time fully. I think because of you, we've really been able to flip this culture. Mm-hmm. Lucky for us, we're going to get to keep doing it, hopefully for one more year if this pandemic gives us yeah, at least a chance. I, I, I feel it's really. something. It's something I've started to had sleep seep into the back of my mind, and it's, it's a scary thought, mostly because I don't want the last game I ever get to play to be losing a section final. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think I don't think I could live with it, knowing that I had one something left in the tank, and I can't. I don't know what yet. I want to yeah. give it I mean you've definitely Carp always talks about after a game win or loss you go home that night and you look in the man in the mirror mm-hmm. I'm, after the four years and not even playing football but in high school you definitely looked at it and said I gave it I did everything I could because that's what I remember Joe Sacklin being yeah yeah I mean like I would say what I would say right now is just like I, I like understand how like scary that thought is and how it, I like be in the back of my mind if I was in your situation. But as you know, classic carp quote, control the controllables, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're still doing zoom meetings and everything done because it doesn't matter. Get better. Yeah. Yeah. And right, so my, go ahead. You, you're, you're looking to go on and play at the next level potentially, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm considering all options. I don't know. Recruiting process is wild. You went through for a little bit, then decided it wasn't for you. What was that like for you? Because so far, it's been a wild process. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I'd say the craziest part was like the camps, because uh, uh, the you camp, had a nice catch at Cornell camp. I did. Uh, <laughs> uh, the camps are like so exhausting, and they were in like the heat of summer, and I didn't know anyone. Like, I'd, like, drag my parents, like, to, like, three, four hours away. We'd have to stay in a hotel and whatever. And, you know, like, it's something where if you just... Is that where you decided it wasn't for you at those camps? No, I mean, ultimately, like, um, I was trying to use football to help me get into a school that was above my academic level, such as MIT. Um, I totally forgot you almost played football at MIT yeah my, my grades weren't good enough unfortunately what you get though it's MIT yeah exactly um but like it was it was weird like going through the camps where if because if you if you just go through the reps and you do everything they say and no more then you're not really you'll gain the football knowledge and you'll get better from being there but you won't form any connections with coaches. So it's, it's, it's weird because no one had ever really told me that going in. I had no idea what to expect. I was just, I saw these flyers and these emails and it's like. Bright colors, sign up for our camps and all. Thinking it'll be like a good time or something like, Hey, if I perform well, I'll have a chance here. And it's it's not the case. Especially with like the, a lot of the, um, Ivy schools that I went yeah. to the bigger schools there I got the feeling that they were doing that for money and that that's why they were running the camps I didn't feel like from those coaches I was getting a realistic look yeah 
I get what you're saying. I feel like the kids that they want, they already know the kids they want to have in their program. And unless a kid comes to their camp and really shows out that 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 camp is just for maybe some of the smaller schools who are there to see who may fit yeah, at, a, yeah. at a D3 level. All right. So yeah. my final question is, I ask this at the end of all my podcasts, say with this pandemic and this book I read, which I'll need to explain again for my listeners because they hear it every single episode. Um, say to, today was your last day on earth. What would one thing you want people to know that they don't know already about Joe Sacco um, Because I could go on for another 15 minutes about what an amazing influence you were in my life, but. Let's see. So I, I guess I'd say that like, everyone's going to have a different perception of you, you know, and at the end of the day, while yes, it's, it's, good to have other people have strong perceptions of you and it can be beneficial at the end of the day the most important thing is your perception of yourself you know because uh you can like have all these people admiring you and if you like look in the mirror and you don't like who you see then it's gonna be detrimental to your mental health and so many other things you know so instead of attempting to impress others, I think that the best thing to do is to impress yourself and what you can do because every person is capable of achieving much more than they think they can. And, and on that note, I'm going to, we're going to sign that one off because no one can top that. So thank you so much cap for coming on today. Greatly appreciate it. it for having me.